Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I mean, it gives you a great appreciation uh, of, of this sport, man. Um, the hard work you put in every single day um, and playing the last few years and not being up for the award, um, I think uh, it gives me even better appreciation. And it's uh, something like at the end of my career, like, like we were just talking about, I want to look back and say, man, like I, I was able to win the MVP once and hopefully have a chance to win it again this year. And, and then even more importantly than that, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, it's something that it takes more than just me. I mean, I have so many people that help me with my, my foundation to help run it. And you want to get back and make Kansas City a better place than when you, when you got there. Um, but it, it speaks to the people I have around me in the community that I live in that I'm able to give back to Kansas City so much. And I would have the honor to be even up for this award. All right, fellas. The time has finally come. It is bowl week, baby. In the bowl, baby. That's Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> right? Right? What a long time, man. We remember we was uh we was talking about preseason, the draft, and Arizona week one and that coming. They back in Arizona in this piece again, baby. Super well, Ron Bowl. doesn't remember Arizona in week one. He he was I, out in Napa Valley, but we remember that, <laughs> sir. We, we remember previewing that game. That was a fun one. Completely untrue. That was two years ago. <laughs> I was not in Napa Valley this year. I was here. You just I feel like I feel me. like you did go on vacation week one, though. I did like not. Literally did not. I, did I, not. I we'll did get our, not we'll, we'll get our research team on I, that. Yeah, this was last year. Ten year anniversary. It's eleven. You don't do anything for eleven. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I would, honey. Uh, <laughs> By the way, real quick, but I've never been more in my life than Patrick Mahomes, who can just go on for the whole world to see and say, oh, I didn't even know it was Valentine's Day coming up. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine being able to get away with that and let everybody know out there and didn't know. God, dog, man. Yeah, Brittany, I guess Brittany will hold it down. She probably ain't going to talk to him for a good couple of days, and he'll probably be happy as hell about that. All right, fellas, Super Bowl, here it is. Here it is. Listen, I've already told y'all what's going to happen. I told y'all what was going to happen a month ago <laughs> when this thing started. So you already should know if you didn't miss, if you missed the podcast when the playoffs started, show told you what was going to happen. And we here, and you know what's going to happen. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win their third championship, and this will be their second one in the last five years. I've already told you what's going to happen, but I find it really interesting, fellas. And I know you guys have watched for the last two weeks all uh, all of these prognosticators, all these shows, listen to all these people talk about what they think is going to happen in a game. And I think to simplify this, this game to me comes down to this. What do you want? What would you rather have? Would you rather have the team that has the overall advantage, right? Right, who who's got who's got the, the overall advantage against you know four team? Who has it? I'd say the Eagles do. I can admit it. The Eagles have the overall talent. Or would you rather have the team with the best quarterback and the best coach? Which advantage would you rather have? And time and time again, when we've watched this sport, the two most important things are coach and quarterback. The Chiefs have, I think, big advantages there. And maybe their offensive line ain't just quite as good as the Eagles. And maybe their defensive line just ain't quite as good. And maybe, well, maybe their receiver court don't stand uh, stand up at all against theirs. <laughs> but maybe their secondary ain't quite as good. Now, now the Chiefs punter's better. But I mean, maybe, like, maybe there are just certain areas where they're maybe just not quite as good. But they got... They got the coach and the quarterback to make up for it. And I'm going to tell you what, fellas, 
I'm not just being a, a homer or going with my prediction, but I'm telling you, 10 out of 10, and I might be off sometimes, Tampa, 10 out of 10, you give me the team that has a good advantage, a great advantage at coach and quarterback. And now, and now you also tell me that this advantage is done by a coach who I think is the best offensive play designer and play caller and best off a of bye, 28-4, and four, of all time. Like one of the best since Bill Walsh in terms of offensive mind. And then you give me the greatest talent and on his way to be the GOAT of the sport. And right now the far and away best quarterback in the game. I'm going to take the coach and quarterback every damn time. I think it's really rare that that doesn't work out, Ron. And when it doesn't work out, it's because there is like a glaring weakness for the team that has the coach and quarterback that can be exploited by the opposition. And I just don't see that in this game. I don't think the Chiefs offensive line is atrocious. Maybe you think it's a little overrated by being one of rated as one of the top five or seven units in the league. That's fine. They're not bad the way that they were in 2020 when they got no. just boat ra- or excuse me, even 21 when they got boat raced by the Buccaneers. It's not they were to like that the degree. Bengals. They were like the Bengals two weeks ago. A- absolutely. And, and maybe even worse if you want to go that far. But this is a game where you do have the advantage at coach and quarterback. And you also have the advantage of, and sort of talk to us about this a little bit before the show, I want to give him his credit. You have the advantage of experience too. A lot of the guys on the Chiefs, and there's been a lot of turnover on the roster, no doubt about it, but most of the coaching staff's still there. And a lot of the, the key contributors are still there. You got some guys that have been through this before. And Tom Brady's talked about this a lot, Ron, about how as he got older and he's been to a few of these things, it becomes old hat. You start to feel the rhythm of what the Super Bowl is like because it's different than any other game that you play. The breaks are longer. The halftime is a little bit more extended. Uh, The pregame stuff, there's a lot more in terms of the pageantry surrounding it. And so you have to figure out, okay, how do I peak at the right time? How do I keep myself engaged throughout the course of the game? It's a small thing, but it is a thing nonetheless. And the Chiefs have, have the advantage there too. I think that the Chiefs have the advantages in the places where it matters the most. That's why, I mean, we could just give a quick preview of where we're going to be at the end of this game. I'm with you. I didn't pick the Chiefs against the Bengals. I will be picking the Chiefs against the Eagles because of all those reasons that you listed. Yeah, I I think, sir, some people think Mike Rimmers is still walking out there on the field (laughs) on Sunday. And Mike Rimmers is not walking on the field on Sunday. And I just find it it very, very odd that 75% of people are willing to go against that combination of the team with a better coach and quarterback, and not to mention that the the quarterback is like Tiger, is like Jordan, is like LeBron, is like Gretzky. Like this is <laughs> this isn't just the advantage. <laughs> this isn't just Mike Vick against against uh, uh, Jeff George. I don't know why those are the quarterbacks I chose, but but I mean this is a this is like the greatest. I I just think that we've seen Patrick Mahomes in these big games before. And we've seen early in his career, especially like he'd have a a big game against the Patriots, like in the AFC championship game. And he couldn't get going. Like he was just missing throws and and taking forever to kind of find his rhythm and and get into emotion and, and hit guys when they're open and things like that. Like, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes does that so much anymore because I think the experience of everything that he's played through so far in his career is it shows up on game day now where he is locked in and he is ready to go. And yeah, we were talking about the experience of the staff. I think all of that stuff plays into it, the experience of the players and the veterans and something that's been really interesting this week and I have been elbow deep in Chiefs press conferences all Hell day, yeah. every day this week because yeah. there's 15 of them every single day. And I'm listening to every single one of them. And something that's been a really common theme amongst the players. And uh, and even like when you go from the veterans to the rookies, all of the veterans are saying, we've been explaining all week long don't get involved in the hype, don't fall for everything leading up to the game because. Afterwards, after we go win it, after we go achieve it, it's going to be 10,000 times better than everything that you see that you feel like you're missing out on this week. 
And that's experience that they didn't have in the past. That's experience that a lot of these Eagles players don't have because there's a couple of guys who were in that Super Bowl. But for the most part, this is a totally different team. And all of that experience is going to wind up playing huge because this looks like as calm and collected is a Chiefs team that I have ever seen ahead of a big game. Like, you know, in Cincinnati week, there was there was chirping because because of the Bengals and you know, the Chiefs did it in the regular season. And this time they were quiet because they were like, we're going to go out and we're going to prove it on the field. And there's been none of that this week. It's just all been hyper focus on what happens on Sunday. And that within itself is a difference maker on top of the fact that you give Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo two weeks to come up with a game plan well, against I mean, the Eagles. It's, I mean, you're giving Andy Reid two weeks against John Gannon. Andy Reid... Eric Bieniemy against John Gannon. You're giving him two weeks. All right, I, I, I'll take my chances. Steve Spagnola. A lot of people forget. I don't know why, but Steve Spagnola is the guy who is the architect of them of the reasons why why Tom Brady doesn't have nine. Uh, right. Like, can, can we stick with that for a second, Ron? Because no, I did want to play devil's advocate for a moment, just because like we're all on the same page here. So I'll take the other side on why people are going with the Eagles in this game. It's unnecessary. If you look at the reason why Brady doesn't have three more rings, it is in large part because of the pass rush that he saw in three specific games. You look at what happened in those two games against the Giants. What was it that won that for the Giants? It was the pass rush. It was Steve Spagnuolo, the game plans that they were able to put up against those Patriots teams. And then it's to a different degree because the Pats got theirs, but that Eagles game against the Patriots, which I think is one of the best Super Bowls that we've seen in the last 20 years, that was at least in part because of the Eagles defense being able to do their thing in that game as well with the pass rush that they had developed. So if there is a case to be made to go with the other side, to go with the full roster, to go with the depth, it's probably those three games, the two giant Super Bowl victories against the Pats and then the Eagles uh, recent victory in 2018 against the Patriots as well. No, it's very capable. The Eagles are a really good team. They, as I said, they have the overall advantage. Um, I just don't think the advantage is as big as as in the gap is as big as many people believe it is. And I think Andy and 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 uh, and Pat have such a, an advantage in here in this that they can make up for that. Like that, that's that's just my thought. I, I I've been uh, tell me if you think I'm crazy on this. I, I think a lot of people feel like Pat's got to Pat's got to really bring one of those vintage Patrick Mahomes games. I don't think I don't think he has to. Um, I don't know. I don't think he can beat Cincinnati in the second half. But I like I don't come out here and think, "Hey, man," as our guy, the late Therese Paler, would say. I don't think Pat's got to have an over my dead body game. I like I I don't think he's I don't think it's got to be. Hey fellas, get on my back for four quarters, and like we got to come out of here. And he's got to be. I don't. I don't think that is the case. I. I, I don't think. Like I said, I don't think he could play terrible. But this doesn't. Get, I don't give the feel, uh, BK, that that Pat has to be Superman. I'm with you on that, and the reason why is because we've seen a very similar script to what is being written for this game, and it was the Chiefs Super Bowl against the 49ers. I mean, I remember that entire week, Ron. People were leading up, and I thought it was fair. Like, they were saying, hey, I, I think the Chiefs have the better quarterback. I think at just about every other spot, I'd take the 49ers other than maybe the wide receiver tight end combo of Kelsey and Tyreek. And guess what happened? The Chiefs ended up beating them, at least in large part, because Damian Williams was the guy that got it done in the end, and they had yeah. the one play to Tyreek that ended up putting it away for him. So, I didn't think that in that game it was an A game by Patrick Mahomes. I thought that was honestly like a C game, maybe a B minus game for for Mahomes. Yeah, it, it, it threw two picks, had a real bad one to Fred Warner, I think it was. And, and just like in this game, that 49ers pass rush was outstanding, and they showed up in that game. Nick Bosa, man, he was a problem for the Chiefs, and their interior pass rush was a problem for the Chiefs. And it took three quarters for them to be able to figure it out, but finally in the fourth. They did, and they were able to take advantage. But I, I don't think it takes an A game. If you get worse than a B game, though, because I do think that this Eagles offense has a little bit more to offer than that 49ers offense did. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
if you get a, a B game or above, I think there are enough outs for the Chiefs to be able to win anything below that. And I do think that you're going to have some trouble with this team because you got to well, score, man. You're, you're going to have to score 30 plus, I think, to win this game. And I also think that I would I would believe that Patrick Mahomes would need to be playing at an all world level more if. I hadn't seen collectively as a team in the playoffs so far this season, like come together and figure it out as an entire unit. And I think that they have done that. I think you can point to moments in both of their playoff performances where you said they were doing it at every level of the game. And so after those two performances, I'm feeling a lot more confident in the special teams, a lot more confident in the defense. And I'm always going to be confident in Patrick Mahomes. I think that he's finally getting help where he wasn't getting some help earlier in the season. And that's why I think he can make mistakes or he cannot have his best performance in this game and still wind up winning because I think he's getting help from other places now. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I don't think it has to be. I think a lot of people feel that way. I, I don't think it has to be this, but this is a, but for Mahomes, this is a, a big legacy play for him. And I think this is a big legacy play as well for the Chiefs overall. Like they, they have been, you know, they have been the dominant team in the last, I'd say, half decade. Really, ever since he's he's gotten on the scene, Mahomes. And really, if you you really want to get down and downright with it, even before that, they were one of the best organizations and teams in football. But when you start putting yourself in a different space. Like it's it's in a five year span. Can you get multiple? Can you get multiple championships? Can you get two? Can you get three? Now you're starting to move to the Patriot type of space, and I think that is on the line for the Chiefs. Earlier uh, this week, Andy was asked about like, is this a dynasty? And he gave the answer you'd expect. He's like, listen, I don't get into those conversations. That's for other people to decide. And I, I think that's the right way to approach this. And right now they're not like if you're a Chiefs fan and you think they are, man, you got to win more than one. You, you got to be able to get multiple to even be in that conversation. But if you win this one, we're starting to have that conversation. And even more importantly, Ron, you start putting yourself into the conversation of team of the decade. And this is always something that I like looking into because it, it feels like at least for the last 40 years or so, you've had a clear and definitive team that defined that decade of football. In the 80s, it was the 49ers. They got four of them. They got two, though, in their first five years in that decade. So you got off to a hot start. They, they kind of set the tone. Cowboys, same thing. Three Super Bowls in the 90. You win two in the first five years. Patriots in the 2000s. We all know that story. They won three in the first five years of the decade. They ended up going to four of them. And then the Patriots in the 2010s. You get one in that first five years, but then you finish it with the crescendo, 28 to three, all that. The Chiefs have been to three. You got to win two of them early on to set that tone for you to now be seen as the team of this decade That is right in front of you. And for legacy talk, for Chris Jones, for Frank Clark, for Patrick Mahomes, for Andy Reid, hell, for Steve Spagnuolo, man, who we talked about putting together two huge game plans for the Giants. You could do that again for the Chiefs. I mean, you're talking about some all-time stuff that could be in play if they're able to get this thing done on Sunday. And for Dave Tobe. And for guys like uh, Winchester. Um, I mean, this is – you talk about a legacy play for those guys as well. Is there – are there any special team coaches that have gotten into the hall? Because Dave Tobe might might be the first if he gets a, a second ring in five years. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, the legacy play is huge for so many. I don't – I think – I don't think that's enough for Dave Tobe. If, he had won it with, if they had won it with the Bears, I wonder if we would be talking about it. Dave might be <laughs> in, in all guys. seriousness. I, like, I'm just if, saying, they get a, if they get a big return in this one that goes back for a, a touchdown return, and they have won it with the something. Bears, maybe, maybe. I doubt and it. And they maybe. hit – and Marcus Kemp and them hit him with the Gatorade too. If like Scott that's, just returns one, just takes one to that. Oh, can, can you – oh, I, I can't even imagine. Woo! Ron, I, like I would, the, he's not going to get the opportunity because Tony's out there. They're, the they're holding back. The Gatorade on him, I think, would kind of say, "Wow, what's going on there? Should we should we look <laughs> deeper into that guy? Should that guy be someone we think about putting in Canton? I think he. I think if he wins this game, there's a chance he gets in before Devin Hester. 
somebody. He <laughs> so I think this is, I think there's a lot at legacy play here for, uh, uh, for guys like Dave Tobe. All right. Um, we do this every week. Um, when the chiefs have the ball and fellas, there's a lot in this game. There is. We we talked about, you know, what this thing comes down to earlier, what it's simple, what do you want, best team, best coach and quarterback. But offensively for the Chiefs, Orlando Brown, this one's for you. Like this one is you. You have like you have to. You have to you have to hold up. I'm not saying you got to be Orlando Pace. I'm not saying you got to be great. I'm not saying you got to be John Alt. I'm not saying you have to be any. Like, you have to hold up. Because we already know the matchup that's keeping Andy and Eric and Nagy and Andy Heck up at night is whoever, especially Hassan Reddick versus old Sam Sepp. Andrew Wiley, that matchup is keeping you awake. Like, if you go through and look at their grades across, Creed Humphrey is rated as the number one center. Tony is rated as, like, number six when it comes to guards. Trey is, like, in the top 20, top 15 when it comes to guards. Even Orlando Brown is top 20. They got that man, Wiley, at 68. Like, 60, I mean, it is a drop-off. To everybody else, it is clear that's who they talking about when Jane asks who is the winkest link. We know it. It's seven seven. And it's not just it's it's Hassan Reddick, the speed rusher, the second uh the second highest sacks this year with 16 for the Eagles. We watched him. Hell, he killed Brock Purdy. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, he did killed his arm. He killed, I mean, he ended the game for them. Brock's still alive. Uh, he's uh, at the NFL awards ceremony right now. I'm watching it. Yeah, but is he there really? Like, <laughs> what I don't know. Do? Is this live? This might be pre-recorded. I have no yeah, idea. I mean, what, I mean, what can he do? Like, I mean, can he? I mean, he can't high five you. He can't do anything. He can't pitch to his kids if he's got any. So, like, I mean, he took he took that man out, and it was easy. I mean, and he just raced around him. So we know coming into it. Like I like to me and Andy likes to pull this stuff. I don't think Andy's going to do it this time because I know we've watched games this year. Where we sit there and said, "Okay, Andy, you're just going just going to let Max Crosby go one on one with over here with Wiley, huh? Just going to sit here. That's what we're going to do. No chip, nothing. Just going to sit over here with that. They're just going to sit over here and let Khalil Mack just go one on one with Wiley. Is that what we're going to do here? That's the kind of party you're wanting to have. I don't think he's going to do that." I think he knows he's got to have help. He's got to chip. He's got to do something over there. And God forbid, like that fool Kyle Shanahan did, another brainiac in there who's really good with offensive mind for some reason tried to go and just block Hassan Reddick with a tight end. Hopefully hopefully Andy's got that out of his system as well. Let's not do that. But if you got to help 7-7, that means Orlando Brown has to hold up with Sweat, with Graham, with whoever they put over there. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm incredibly confident that that is going to happen, but just enough. Like I'm not telling you ain't got to like you don't have to come out here and have to be the highest graded tackle or, or offensive lineman. You just got to hold up enough, hold up enough where at least Pat can step and 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 have a reaction. By the way, and by the way, I still don't believe Pat's 100 percent yet. So I mean that doesn't help either. But this one, like whoever. Whoever the Zeus character is, because I've not seen Zeus, whoever the, 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 the nickname you've been called referring to yourself as Zeus, I've not seen that character uh, in, in in the any of the time you've been here. Be nice to see his ass come out today or on Sunday. That that'd be nice. So Ron, back in the in the seventh grade, I was a I was a basketball player. I liked to consider myself one at least. Um, I, I was what they called a glue guy. You know, oh, I, yeah. I I could set some screens. Screen I could get a good center. rebound for you. I could Over hit a couple of shots. Defense. Over the top defense. Yeah. I was never gonna be the guy that won you a game. Never. Wasn't my game. Wasn't wasn't in the cards for me. My job was to make sure that I didn't lose it for us. And that is the job this week for Andrew Wiley and for Orlando Brown. You don't gotta win the game. 
Don't worry about it. I hope I never once talk about you on Sunday. Just don't be the reason they lose. And that's what's at stake for them in this game is if those guys play poorly, you can become the next Patriots that lost against the Giants. You can become uh, the, the, the team that struggles with a pass rush and ultimately that's what does you in. Like you could become the Panthers when they went to the Super Bowl and had no chance. You can become the Broncos against uh, the, the Seahawks. Like you can become one of these teams where defense just completely takes over and you never have a chance. I don't think that's going to happen. I have too much faith in Andy Reid to come up with other reasons or other ways that they can win offensively. I think you're going to see some screens in this game. I think the Chiefs' ability to get to their quick game this year that they have done all season long, that's going to show up in this game in a way that I don't know that I would be as confident in the team this time last year because they didn't have that in their bag. I think they're going to be able to go to 13 personnel where they got three tight ends on the field and you're going to be able to run the ball a little bit out of that. Come out with some play action shots out of that. Get a deep ball or two that way. I think they have answers this year that they did not have at any other point in Patrick Patrick Mahomes' career previously. And I think that's going to be how they're able to navigate away from this pressure they're going to get them they're going to get their sacks but i don't think that it's going to be something that ultimately completely destroys this chief's offense you know sir and, and, and i'm also banking and hoping on this sir that yeah they, they've got 78 sacks on the season only the 85 bears have had more in a season and they and these jokers played 17 of them my thinking is I just wonder, can you play the same way that you've played all season with Patrick Mahomes? I wonder, does Patrick does Patrick help them in some way, help the line in some way? Because, like, I can't, I, like, I'd imagine, and maybe John Cannon's an idiot, but I imagine that, boy, all right, I'm going to have to be a little more cautious and watch myself because I'm not playing Kirk Cousins or I'm not playing – uh, Tyler Taylor Heineke or Heineke or Carson Wentz or you know Dan Jones like I gotta like I wonder does does Patrick Mahomes back off some of that aggressiveness or make them have to slow down or make them not have to put oh. as many resources as they normally do to the pass rush because he's there that's what I'm also hoping helps the line I mean, I don't think that that's how you should play it. I don't think that's how they would play it just based on what they've had success doing as a defensive unit this season. But I I mean, I think Mahomes can help the offensive line because he's so good at escaping and creating. Now, if we'll see what happens with the ankle and how that holds up, but I think that that's why what BK was saying, like the quick game, the the quick screens and stuff like that, dialing those up is going to be huge. We know Jarek McKinnon is a great pass blocker, and I think there's a reason, and I'm willing to bet on it, and I am betting on it, and Arrowhead Pride same game parlay this week. Oh, yeah. Jarek McKinnon has had a quiet postseason, and I think that was a little bit by design. Like, he was on this insane run to end the regular season. And then Andy said, we can do it with other guys in the playoffs. And now you got to come in and try to game plan for that. And you go, Oh, we forgot about Jarek McKinnon and Andy reads all of a sudden dialing up screens that are going for 25 yard gains. And we know that Andy can do that whenever he wants. So when he has two weeks to prepare for it, I think he's going to dial some of that stuff up to try to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And I think with as quick as their pass rush is and as quick as they try to blow plays up, they leave things open in the short intermediate, and that's how you can beat them as an offense. One sneaky big piece to this defense, Ron, and I, I think it's going a little underrated, is that they're basically a 5-2. Like, they're technically listed yep. as a 4-3, but they essentially play a 5-2 because Hassan Reddick is, is never comes off the line of scrimmage. He's a, he's a linebacker that plays like an overhang, basically, is the way that he operates. If you want to look at it as like a 3-4 a where they've got the two edge rushers that are – you could call it that as well. Whatever yeah. you want to call it, they have five defensive linemen that are on the field basically at all times. What do they always say about um, beating Tom Brady or beating Mahomes? They say win with four, right? Well, the Eagles win with five. 
That's the way that they operate. And so they're almost always going to drop seven into coverage for the most part. They will play some zone stuff where they'll have, you know, Sweat, Graham, or Reddick dropping into coverage, but that's not where they win. I do think that that could be a sneaky big factor in this game because you just have one less guy to operate with. You've got one less guy to be in the middle of the field. You've got one less guy to be a robber there. You've got one less guy to be able to double up on Travis Kelsey. Like it just, it does change what you can do defensively. And I'm not saying it's going to be the the end all be all. And that's going to be the reason they lose, but it's just a, a sneaky, potentially big factor that could play into this game where like, if you are able to get past that first level of the defense, whether it's in the running game or the passing game, you're going to be able to potentially get some chunks in a way that you wouldn't if they were dropping seven or eight on most other plays. And, and I also think, like, to go along even with that, I honestly, I, I think I think it's being drilled in their head. They've got to rush him differently. Because the thing that you don't and, – and you can – Maybe maybe you feel differently because he's hurt and you won't do this. But generally, the thing that you don't want to do is he'll allow him to get outside of you because that's when that's when the magic starts to happen when he is able to escape and get outside of you. So we see a lot of teams rush to keep lanes and not rush aggressively to come around and get him unless, you know, it's a blind shot. Like I, I wonder how that potential, the way they're attacking, how they should rush him, changes. The, the the does this now look and say, all right, instead of us just coming like a bat out of hell and not having any control, we're rushing with the thought of let me keep him in in the pocket and not and not let him go outside. And now you're dropping seven. Does that give him an extra second that maybe Kirk Cousins doesn't normally get? that Daniel Jones doesn't normally get to now hurt you with that, with their receivers, another second to allow Kelsey to shake open on somebody. So I, I, I do think I, I, that's, that's one of my big parts of, see, I just don't believe in this, this, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't believe in this number one pass defense thing. I, I, I don't. I'm not going to say they're not bad. I think their pass rush is real, and I think it really does help. But, man, I, I'm sorry, man. I, every time they played a quarterback that's worth anything. I mean, I watched I watched Jordan Love not play for Hilly since Hilly played Kansas City last year, it seemed like. Come right into the game in the fourth quarter and just carve them up. And they knew he had to throw. I watched Dak put 40 on him, and he made mistakes in the game. All right, I mean, I, I, I've watched, yeah, I've watched Jared Goff come in here and 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 put and put it on him. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I think one, they have not seen a passing game collectively like this, and they're going to be able to get right on board. I've been listening to Philly radio; they can get on board with everybody else to say, all right, we'll just double-team Kelsey. We'll take him away like no one else is trying to do that, and now you guys will be successful doing it like nobody's trying to do that. I, I just don't believe in this passing defense as like, all right, they'll be able to handle and shut down. They got, I mean, all of them are playing differently because of Mahomes is out there. All of them are playing differently because they know he can make and will make any throw tentatively playing back i so i i just don't think i believe in them that much when that comes to their passing defense because they haven't faced a passing game anywhere close like this anywhere close i believe in their deep passing defense and that goes back to their pass rush like if mahomes is having to hold on to the ball for a decent amount of time nobody's like that pass rush will eventually get home i do think that their corners are pretty darn good man and i think that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a very good football player. I don't trust their linebackers at all, though. And I think that if you're, like, attacking Reed Blankenship, I think you're going to have a little bit of success in doing so. I don't know if I really trust Avante Maddox. He's had a decent season, but do I really think that that's a guy that's going to be able to take away the middle of the field? No, I I really don't. So I think the Chiefs are going to have a decent amount of success offensively, and I think a lot of this comes back to what you said at the very beginning. Chiefs have a pretty darn good offensive coaching staff. They're going to come up with some stuff that's keeping this defense off balance. 
they're going to yep. get to their screen game. They've been pretty good with that so far this season. We've seen it again in the postseason. I think they're going to have, now that Kadarius Tony, fingers crossed, is back and healthy, I think they're going to use Tony a decent amount in some of those jet sweeps that they've been able to run. I wish uh, Hardman was in this game because I think he could have a good amount of success with that. If Maybe they'll use Sky the Moore. Maybe this is I, Sky Moore's day. I, I really think it's possible. I know. I can't believe you said it, and I didn't have to. But he's yeah, gonna, he's going to build off that AFC. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Justin Ross will kill it today too. I this think that this is going to be a huge game for Isaiah Pacheco. Like I, I think the Chiefs have answers that a lot of other teams have not shown against the Eagles because they didn't have the capability, they didn't have the personnel, and they didn't have the coaching. So I, I'm with you, Ron. I think the Chiefs are putting up 30 on this defense. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think there will be some big plays made by the Eagles defense, but I think the Chiefs find their way to get to 30. Serta, they got to uh, – you said off balance. Serta, th- this to me, they have to like, – I, I think the Eagles are a really, really well-rounded team and have a lot of advantages. But their biggest team issue – is stopping the run, uh, and 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 for the Chiefs in many ways, as BK you just said, keeping them off balance, sort of they have to run the football, it, 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 and not just to say, boy, you got to pound them and you know put up two hundred yards, but, but they've got to actually that's exactly what they did when they played the Eagles last year. But I'm not saying they got to put two hundred, but they got to run the football enough, in my opinion, just to help out this pass rush and to slow down the pass rush and to help out Mahomes to have him give him more time to throw. Uh, I think that that's difficult with the chiefs because I don't think you're ever fully going to be like, okay, we got to respect the run against the chiefs because you have to respect Patrick Mahomes, whatever Patrick Mahomes has the ball, you have to respect anything that he can possibly do, but you can run on them a little bit. And so the Eagles run defense midseason was like getting gashed, just, just giving up huge uh, rushing yards days, like back to back to back. And part of it was because rookie defensive lineman Jordan Davis was hurt. He's fantastic. He, he's a really good middle clogging uh, tackling uh, defensive tackle. And then they brought in and Dominican Sue and Linvale Joseph midseason because they were like, we're not playing around with these running issues anymore. And their run defense is better. They had a they had a stretch in the middle of the season where they looked like they were like a really really bad team against the run, and they've gotten better, but they're still not elite or anything. I think I don't think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to have like a monster game. I think you need Isaiah Pacheco to just do what he's been doing, like give him twelve to fifteen carries and see what he can create. See if he can have an explosive run. See if he can end the day with seventy yards, seventy five yards. And I think that's enough to to help you offensively if you can get that kind of output from Isaiah Pacheco against this defense. Yeah, they they you know running the football into a space of where they're not sitting there in third and nines, third and eights, so the Eagles can tee off and know they're running, and know they're I mean know they're passing and can just rush the passer. Like that, that that's a big help you know, for the Chiefs that they can add that run. And they can run, they can be run on. I know what you said, but they can be run on. They were getting such big leads against, like, the Giants. And and then, obviously, the, the Niners, you know, just couldn't have anybody to throw it. But they were getting big leads, so they didn't really have to stop the run. Those teams had to start throwing. But, hell, even the Niners, hell, the Niners were, let me be honest with you, the Niners were getting far too many yards rushing. Uh, against this defense and that defense know they were knew they were going to run it like they 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 couldn't throw and they were still getting way too many yards right and 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 so i i think that is something they could do not like like i said their last game they played each other last year the chiefs rushed for 200 yards on the dot and and pat only had 26 of them so i mean they i mean clyde went off and there were big big holes throughout that game so i'm not saying they had to but I think they have to run the ball to help Orlando Brown and Wiley more than anything. Uh, and not to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands, but to when the ball is in Mahomes' hands, he's got a better opportunity to do things. 
Yeah, to that point, Ron, the, the rushing yardage total, just real quick, that they gave up in the final five weeks of the season, 123, 157, 115, 130, 130. Those, game, those games were against the Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. Like, they're not going up against the best of the best offensively, and they're still giving up an average of about 130 yards per game on the ground. Is the and team that was, run against. And the Giants in the last game of the season set everybody. Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't Saquon Barkley who played that yep. game. That was Davis Webb. I mean, God, dog, you go. I'm sorry. You go look at some of the quarterbacks these jokers are playing. <laughs> it, it's absurd. It, it really is. Like, I, I remember – I don't know if you guys did the same on your show, Ron, but in, on my show out here in St. Louis, we, did a, we had a conversation. This was, like, right after their bye week, week seven, looking at the schedule that was upcoming, and we said – Man, it's totally realistic that this team could go undefeated. And it's not because anybody thought they were an all-time great team. He just looked at what their schedule was after their bye week. Because, like, it's among the weakest that we've ever seen. And this is not to take anything away from the Eagles. As we've mentioned a million different times, this is a really good team that absolutely can beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But, man, they their path to get here was not exactly a murderer's row. No, it did, man. And, and I'm glad you said – I'm glad you said that. I listen, these people in uh these uh these people in Philadelphia, I, I they need to calm down. Like I they're I mean, their their confidence level's a little too too fruitful for me. Somebody said a lot of teams a lot of people just don't understand how good this Eagles team is, that this is the best team in football since the Seattle Seahawks won their Super Bowl. They they're they're as good as that team. I just, I just need the people in Philadelphia to calm down and slow down and chill out with what the hell they're doing. They're Davis Webbs. They got Davis Webb and Cooper Rush. They got them both this year, right? They didn't need that. I mean, just, I mean, poor This is not an all-time defense. That Seahawks team was an all-time defense. Yes, this is not an all-time anything. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When the Eagles have the ball, the Eagles have the ball. BK, what, what, what is the number one thing, the number one thing that you are looking at that the Chiefs got to do in this game? Man, I've mentioned Spags a lot today, and I'm going to do it one more time, at least. Spags, let's get in our bag, baby. This is the week. This is the week to bring out those blitz pressures because, man, when you look at what Jalen Hurts did this season, he's two different quarterbacks. Quarterback number one, he's completing 75% of his passes for eight and a half yards per attempt. He threw 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. He was pro football focus, his fourth highest rated quarterback. Quarterback number two, this is the same quarterback in different situations. He's completing 45% of his passes for about five yards per attempt. Four touchdowns, two interceptions. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. What is the difference? Quarterback number one is when he's kept clean. Quarterback number two is when he faces any kind of pressure. He becomes a completely different quarterback, man. When he is not blitzed, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. When he is blitzed and certainly when he is pressured, it, it really falls apart for him. If you get him to roll to his left, plays over. He's either going to eat it or he's going to throw it away. Like that, that's, that's what he's going to do in those situations. If you're able to get pressure on him, he short circuits. And right now, Ron, this is something that I do not think is being talked about enough. I don't think that Jalen Hurts has looked the same since the injury. 
I think that he has missed easy throws, even on that big completion early on in that game last week or two weeks ago against the 49ers. That throw to Devontae Smith was not where it should have been. Should have been a little tighter for him. That should have been an easy completion, and it wasn't. It was an incompletion. Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from him because I think far too many people sometimes this week and over the last couple of weeks as we've gone into this game say, oh, Jalen Hurts isn't even that good. No, he is. Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback. He's hurt. He's not the same guy right now. And there are things that you can do against him to exploit the fact that he's not the same guy right now. I think there is no better defensive coordinator in the NFL to exploit those matchups. Steve Spagnolo, this is your opportunity to once again put together an all-time great game plan going into this one against the Eagles. See, sir, it makes me this this makes me nervous because I I I, I believe in those numbers and I and I get what you're saying. And I think Spag should blitz. But sir, my my thing is I want to make him beat the Chiefs with his arm. Like I I want to I want to be able wow. to tip to like if right. they would tip your cap off. Tip your cap. like, And the thing about blitzing that makes me nervous is if you don't get home and he gets areas to leak out and he can run, that's to me, that makes it easy for him. And that makes him him be able to really extend drives and get first downs and, and, and change things. That's just my thing. Well, I, I want him to have to beat you in the pocket. Yeah, but I, I think you can do both. Like, if you can get pressure on him early in this game, get them off the field and get up and take a lead, then he doesn't have a choice. Then he has to throw the football. And, you know, I, I went back and watched the Giants and the 49ers uh, playoff games. And, you know, the Giants, they just didn't really even – they knew they could run on the Giants. Like, they knew the Giants were no match for them as a football team. They knew they could just – run it down their throats and they would win that game. And, you know, and hurts in week 18 when he was thrown a little bit more, like just didn't look right. And then even against San Francisco, it was kind of the same thing where Purdy goes down and the game's kind of tight for a little bit until the Eagles just decide, okay, we're just going to run the ball and, and we can, and when we decide we can run, we think we can run on anybody and they are a very good rushing football team. But when they were throwing the ball, he was not accurate. Like he was not, he was not throwing good footballs. He was not making completions. And that's why I think you've seen AJ Brown have such a quiet postseason. and Devontae Smith wound up with that, with that big game. But yeah, that his longest completion of the game shouldn't have counted. And we all know it shouldn't have counted. It just didn't get challenged because Kyle Shanahan's bad at managing those kinds of things. But I think that Spags is going to be up to the test with this. And I've talked to you guys about this on this podcast all week long. I think BK sent us the link about, you know, whether Spags should get looked at for another head coaching job. I brought that up like mid season. All right. On this show. And I think this has been Steve Spagnuolo's masterpiece. Like, I think he has been brilliant this year for the chiefs and that mid season criticism that I feel like he was catching a lot was them trying to figure out how they could use these guys, was them testing things out and figuring things out for games like this. And I think Spags has been exceptional in the playoffs Mm. so far. And I think that he's going to have his best game plan of the season to try to create havoc on Jalen Hurts and put them in a situation where they don't have a choice but to throw the football to try to beat the Chiefs. Ron, I would add this. I think every Chiefs fan needs to understand right now This Eagles offense is going to score. They're going to get theirs. They're too good not to. They're the best rushing team, in my opinion, in the league other than the 49ers. They they do a lot of cool stuff with their offensive line. They're going to run mostly zone, but they're going to be able to do some stuff with with their offensive line because Jason Kelsey is legitimately a special player that most other teams can't do. Um, A.J. Brown's going to get his. Devontae Smith is probably... I can't imagine there's a better number two wide receiver. Maybe other than T Higgins, you could make the argument. I would take Devontae Smith in the NFL. This team's really good, man, offensively, and they're going to be able to score. So the reason why I say blitz like no other is because if you're going to live with the fact that, yeah, they're going to get theirs, I'm going to go down fighting if I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down creating some explosive plays of my own as well. Because I also have to acknowledge, all right, they're going to get theirs. I'm just not going to sit back and take it. I've got to take this to them. And I think that would be the way that I would go about it. I get the alternate route. Like if 
If you think that you can sit back and beat them, cool, do that. I don't think that they can. I think this is an offense that's too good. I give them too much credit or more credit than that. And so I yeah. I would try to play on their side your, of the ball. You got to pick your oh. spots. I think you got to pick your spots. I think you got to at least mix it up. And, like, I think A.J. Brown's going to have a good game. Like, he, he's been too quiet in the playoffs, and A.J. Brown can take a slant 75 yards. Like, he's that explosive, and he's the type of size-wise, physical-wise wide receiver that gives the Chiefs some problems, and he's a special player. And, and I, I think that he is going to have a good game, and I agree with BK. Like, I think there's going to be points in this game. I don't think it's going to be – 23 to 20, like the AFC championship game was, I think there's going to be touchdowns scored all throughout this game. It's just going to be who can come up with the biggest plays at the most important times of the game. Yeah. I think to the point you're making about the blitz, 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 just, you know, just take chances. I Like I, I'm not forward all the time, um, but I am to the point that I do think this game is about which team, which team's defense can, can produce more threes and which team's defense can also within producing more threes produce more turnovers. And I think to the point of the blitzing that that could be something that leads to that two turnovers, because I'm with you. I think these, I think for sure, I don't know how many points are going to be scored because I, I thought there, I thought there was a chance, especially once the game started, I thought, Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe the Bengals and Chiefs may score a few more points than maybe I thought. But I think both those teams, especially at times, were moving 20 to 20. And I think the Chiefs and Eagles are going to move the ball 20 to 20. I just who is who is going to force more threes? Who is going to force more? And that's why I think the blit the timeliness of blitzes matters. The timeliness of it is I just I, I just want to make him think. <laughs> I wanted to, I want to make him think at, at times. And sometimes it may think be thinking, oh, they're gonna blitz. They're coming, they're coming, but they're not. All right, what am I? I just I, I just think it is very, very important. I, like for me, I'm not going to be concerned if the Eagles start, oh my God, they didn't just picked up four or five consecutive first downs. All right, let's see what it ends with. Jolden the threes or sixes. See and that, and that's that's where I like I I'm the opposite on that, and the reason why is because I think this offense, if you allow them to lean on you and they just continuously lean on you, man, this is an offense that is more than happy to play third and five regularly because they'll go for it on fourth down. They'll say, "All right, you're getting us to third and five. Cool. Watch this. We'll take three yards here. We'll get to fourth and two. We'll go for it and we'll convert because they're one of they are, I think, the best short yardage team in the NFL this season, if I'm not mistaken. And then they are going to continue running on you that way. So that that's why I think you got to create some explosives in the other direction on, on defense is because if you're able to get them into second and 13, second and 14, and you're getting them going backwards, all right, now you do put the game into Jalen Hurts' hands. And you have them playing in a way that they don't want to. So that, that's, that's what where I would want to dictate the terms of it. That's what I'm saying. Mix it though. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Mix it. I, I think if you just keep showing one thing all the time, and then he starts to find the answers of hell, I can just run out of this, or I can get past this, and I can. You may have put me in second and thirteen, but now you've blitzed and it didn't get home. And one now either AJ's open or one now I can just run and run it like this. I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's threes. Then maybe third and fives, or maybe like you got to come up big with a fourth down stop. You got to come up at just whoever, whichever defense can produce the more threes and timely turnovers. I think put themselves in big position. Real quick on the defense thing, one last thing when the Eagles have the ball. I I'm really intrigued on how Spags will use Legereus Sneed. Because we didn't get a chance because I, I think he had a huge part of the game plan against Cincinnati he just got knocked out in the in the fourth play of the game I'm really intrigued on what they're going to do with him because whenever the Chiefs have had physical receivers like you know Mike uh what's Mike's Michael uh Mike Williams Williams. Mike Williams and uh and Devontae Adams they had to switch on him Uh, Debo like anytime they've had physical receivers Cortland Sutton they've they've gone ahead and just put Sneed on him at some point, and then he slowed him down, and and the size there matched up. 
man, I could see that being the thought, but boy, the way they run the RPOs and how much Jalen runs and how many design quarterback runs and how much they're running up there, he is hell. He's he's at sometimes as good a tackler as any of the linebackers, not named Nick Bolton. And I, boy, I love him being up there and love being able to use him on blitzes and have things up there, but. Oh, it's just, it'll just be really intriguing to see what Spags comes up with, how he uses Snead. Yeah, I think this is a big, luxurious Snead in the running game. game, And so I, I would be hesitant to follow A.J. Brown with him. I would probably say, like, start out the game with him in the slot, find out what that looks like, and then if you're having trouble being able to match up with the physicality of AJ Brown, then maybe you make that adjustment. I'm sure they've practiced that way at times this week to just make sure, okay, if we have to go to this, here's what it would look like. You got the extra week to prepare. So be, be ready for every situation, but Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed, those guys need to be helpful in the running game this week. Brian cook. I would add into that mix. Those guys that are in the middle of the field as secondary players, they're going to have to come up and tackle, man. And they've been so much better this year in the playoffs with their tackling than they were a year ago. It's the reason why they are where they are right now. Can't stop now. That's got to continue. And that that trickles all the way down to the linebackers who, man, they are going to be put into a lot of conflict in this game. Those RPOs, uh, the quick game that they're going to have where you've got A.J. Brown coming on a slant and you need Willie Snead Sne- or uh, you need Willie Gay to make that tackle right away to make sure that you get him on the ground so he doesn't make that first man miss. There's going to be a lot of conflicts there for those linebackers. They've got to be able to come up as well. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I, I just uh, it is a it is a it'll be an interesting thought. You've had two weeks to sit to sit through with both sides on what they're going to do, how much uh, Spags is going to blitz, how much he's going to mix it up, what he's going to do uh, to Jalen Hurts. So it, it, it'll be. It'll be one to watch. All right, uh, sir, to go ahead and get my music, please. Um, I need that right now. Um, since we're playing the game that is sweeping the nation, kind of like this dress. That would you Kelly, would you stop watching the NFL honor ceremony and just this get it dress? Over this dress that Kelly Clarkson is wearing it's sweeping the nation as well, um, <laughs> or at least that whole stage. But certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Is this statement certified or imposter? Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, the Chiefs linebackers, are more important in this game than Travis Kelsey. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay are more important in this game, certified than Travis Kelsey. Certified or imposter? I think it's certified. Um... Uh, I think the Chiefs offensively, like Travis Kelsey is going to get opportunities in this one, but obviously they're going to try to take him away. But kind of just going back to what BK was just saying, like the biggest thing I I think that has helped the defense collectively is the tackling. Like the tackling has been lights out in the playoffs where, you know, earlier in the season we saw them just getting run over week after week. And if that can hold up, if Nick Bolton can come up and make plays around the line of scrimmage, if Willie Gay finds a way to make a play in the passing game, like he can disrupt some things. And, you know, we've seen him create turnovers in the past, like, and he's going to have a a big responsibility trying to, you know, protect the outsides from Jalen Hurts and from that rushing attack and stuff like that. I think they're, devastatingly important to what the chiefs want to do defensively in this game. So, yeah, I think that that they can really affect the outcome if they show up and play poorly or if they show up and play really well. So I think it is certified. So this is my bad, Ron. I didn't mean to take you away your thunder. I thought we were going with the other one here. Um, I, I think that this is pretty certified as well, because if the chiefs linebackers are a liability in this game, it can lose you the game. Like it, it is a massive problem because of what the Eagles are going to try to do against you. I think that, so the Eagles game plan, and sort of mentioned this earlier, and it's, it was a good point. Their offense is not overly complex, what they're trying to do. They're going to start out with the um, the, the zone, re- zone runs. Then they're going to incorporate some of those zone reads in there. 
Then they're going to run the RPOs off of that. Then they're going to run play action with shots over the top. And then they're going to repeat that cycle over and over again. It's not all that complex. And the reason why it works in large part is because they have an unbelievable offensive line and two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And when you got those things, the execution is what makes it more than the scheme does. It's about the players, not the plays. And with all of those plays that I just mentioned, the single position that is under the most stress is the middle of the field, and more specifically, your linebackers. Chiefs linebackers, Chiefs defensive end have to be able to stop those zone replays. If they don't, it's going to become an avalanche and it's going to crush you. So yeah, I think the the most important factor to the Chiefs being able to get stops defensively is probably their linebackers. So that makes this certified. Yeah, I'm going to go imposter. Um, Travis Kelsey, uh, if, they, if they are able to corral him, I'm not saying the game is over. If they're able to corral him, I'm going to be very concerned because they don't have a piece or pieces to be able to do it. Right, they don't have any pieces. Like we've talked about, what linebackers are they going to put him on? What safeties are they going to do? Like that can stop him. And and I think if he is a problem, then I think it clearly means it opens up everything else for everybody else because they're going to put so many resources towards him. So I I, I think in a game like this, you need your big dudes to step up. And in the passing game, he has got to be a force in some form or fashion to either take coverage away, and I think he's got to be that force by forcing them because he's hurting them by catching the ball. In the red zone, the red zone is critical in this game, critical in this game to come away with sixes and not threes for the Chiefs offense. And he has got to be a factor in some way where either he takes coverage away to get people open or he has been maybe the – which I think he's been this year. I, I mean, arguably the best red zone passing threat in the NFL this year. So I think Nick Bolton and I think Willie Gay are extremely important for what you guys talked about. But in big games like this, like you need your dudes to really step through. And he is so important for Pat, for – and I think open things up for, for Tony, for Juju, for all of that. Like, I mean, we talk about – when you think about the Niners game earlier this year, I mean, we just saw cats running free, and I think a lot of that had to – I mean, Juju's touchdown pass in particular comes to mind because multiple people in the secondary all ran to Travis because he was a threat all game, all ran to Travis. And, 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 and Juju took his 4-9 to the house. And I mean, and and we know Juju can't run anymore. But he, I mean, he ran he ran that sucker to the house because nobody was around him. So I think they're very important. But Travis Kelsey, uh, he is. I mean, he's the second most important piece of that offense, and the and the Chiefs are going to win via offense. Like, I mean, I know it'll be hard. Like, I like if you tell me, are the Chiefs done if they don't stop the run? Really great if the Eagles still run for like one seven. Uh, I, I mean, if, if they can if they can hold him to like an average game, yeah, I think they can still win. But if you let this Eagles team run all over you, it's over. Yeah, three hundred yards is something different. Yeah, I mean that 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 at two hundred fifty, that's something. I mean, different. But, but just like but letting them allowing them to do it when they want to, like just because that's what happened in San Francisco. Like, yeah, San Francisco couldn't throw the football. But also, the Eagles just decided, okay, we're just going to run all over you because we're not completing passes anyways. And once they did that, they did it successfully. And, that, you know, that's a really good defense. I, I just think you can't allow them to do it when they want to, like e- even if it winds up being like an average rushing total. I would say this, Ron. If you're telling me I could get a great Travis Kelsey game versus a great linebacker game, like – I'm taking the great Travis Kelsey game because the ceiling for Kelsey is you're getting like 170 yards and three touchdowns. But if you're telling me like, hey, what's more important to have an average game in this one to not be bad? I would say that it's more important that you aren't bad with with the linebackers because of what that means schematically for your defense. Um, but I get it, man. But Bo- I mean, both of them are critically important. You, you got to have both of them is the is the truth of the matter.
It's cool. You guys are clearly regretting your answers. And I'm <laughs> okay. And I drilled it. It's clearly, clearly. <laughs> win. Um, no. Uh sorry. So what's the what's the score of the game? I, I'll kick it off. Um, predictions for the game. As I said, I believe the Chiefs, and I said this long, long time ago. I believe the Chiefs will win their third Super Bowl in franchise history and their second in the last uh, five years. I, I'm going 35-27. 35-27 up in Glendale. We didn't have to repeat it. I mean, we got we got it the first time. You'd have to back-to-back it like that. I did. I get to say <laughs> what I want to say, and well, I say it again. again. 35-27 in Glendale. I'm pretty close to that. Um yeah, I think there's going to be points. I think it's going to be an exciting game, um, and uh, I think we're going to be in for a show, but ultimately I'm siding with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and I think the Chiefs actually win 35-29. to 29. We're all very close in what we're predicting here. We all think it's going to be a shootout. We all expect a fun and close game. I've got 34-31 to 31 as my final score. How do you have them getting to 29? Are they going for yeah, two? That, that's, that, that's interesting. It's going to be tough, but they'll figure it out. Um, I was going to pick 34-31, to 31, but that's what I picked last week. And so I didn't want to pick the exact same score as the AFC Championship game. If you would just think about players, like if you had to pick the top five players in the game. Like most important? Just, no, no, no. Just the top, like the best players. Like the best top, the best five players on the field. How many of the um, Chiefs got? Three of them? Are they one, two, and three? Mahomes, Kelsey, and Jones would be the three for the Chiefs as representatives. I would go probably AJ Brown as the best. I, I mean, Kelsey might be the best on the on the Eagles, but maybe Brown and Kelsey. But I I think the Chiefs may have the three best players in the game. I mean, you can make an argument for Lane Johnson. He's also playing hurt right now. Um, I mean, it's close. Like, if you were doing just, the top ten, it'd be like six and four probably one way or the other. I just – I say that to say the Chiefs got, like, dominant players that they don't have answers for, and they've got more of them that can make plays. I think Chris Jones somewhere in this game will make plays and 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 can take over things. I think – Kelsey it, in some spaces is unguardable, and then there's that 15 character. So I, I think that at some spaces in the game will be differences. Ron, this is game. one of the first times that we mentioned Chris Jones, and I think there's like there's a, a big reason for that. It's because of how great this Eagles offensive line is. If there is a place, not where they're weak, but where they're just like above average instead of potentially all-time great, it is at both guard spots. And that's one of the other reasons you asked why I think that they should be be blitzing a lot. I think part of it is also because if you blitz a bunch, they're going to be expecting that when you mug up those linebackers, you have Bolton and Gay up at at or near the line of scrimmage. They're going to be expecting you to go, so they have to match up with you. And that means that you get more one-on-ones for Chris Jones, potentially. I I think that that's the, the only way that you're able to exploit it. Because if you've got Kelsey double teaming regularly on Chris Jones, I'm not saying that Chris Jones will have no impact in this game. He will. He'll make a couple of plays, but it won't look like last week because of how special uh, Kelsey is in the at center. All right. Super Bowl. Let's see what happens. I'm assuming we'll do another podcast next week uh, to talk about what yes, happened. This we, we will wrap up the season next week, no matter what happens during the game. Let us draft Ron. Yeah, I'm not I'm not wrapping it up if they lose. Um <laughs> just letting you know. No. All right, we are out.